Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is... Jonathan Pritchett. And today, we're talking about an issue we've talked about many times before, but now in the WIMA series, why I'm a pro-choice Christian. I mean, we're not, but she is. So it's not heresy. It's come on. No, it's heresy. Son. They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, uh, this is... I, I... I was... not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but... And there is no evidence at all, except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers that there is such a thing as an objective morality. Right, well, that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then, because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. All right, this episode is surreal. I, I can't imagine why these people exist, but we know that they do, and they make videos. It's um, inevitable that people are going to have inconsistencies and holes in their worldview, and so we're here to help with that kind of glaringly obvious inconsistency in this young lady's worldview. Yeah, and let us begin with this statement that we think that abortion is one of the most wicked things that happens in the world that we have as a culture, said, this is okay. Yeah. You know, Having said that, if you have had an abortion, there is forgiveness and mercy and God loves you no less and all those kind of things. So anything that we say that's kind of forceful or straightforward, just know we're talking about the issue, not someone who fell into sin. Right. right. And, and, and I also want to say, can you be a Christian and pro-choice. Can, can you be a born-again believer in Jesus, as, as some people would put it? My answer is yes, but you have a huge, glaringly obvious inconsistency in your worldview, and you should repent of that because, you know, that view says it's okay to kill people. And yes. we don't believe that the Bible thinks, uh, Bible allows for that, or that the Bible gives us permission to be favoring killing people. Yeah, you know, I've noticed we say this a lot, me and you, we say the Bible thinks this or the Bible mm -hmm. thinks that. Have you ever noticed that? The Bible itself does not think. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, you're right. Uh, and we're going to look at this now. We actually... It's an idiom. Before we, it's an idiom. And it's, idioms are in the Bible. So. Yeah, okay. Well, I was going to say, well, it's a stupid idiom. But then I decided... Um, I have lots. I'm now. I'm, I'm from Arkansas. I, we have all kinds of stupid. Yeah, issues. but you, I just I forgot that I'm I'm the nice person on this show yes. again. Someone was saying, "Glad Braxton's back to being the nice guy." So, uh, but anyway, uh, before we say anything else about it, let me say I am grateful for Robert Gullier. If I'm saying that wrong, Robert Gullier. Just tell me, Gullier. Robert Gullier. William Schroeder. Armand Jacob Paulson. John E. Miller Jr. Kurt Jaros, Ernest George Strauss III, Austin Eakin, Jonah Krylo, Austin Long, Billy Wendelin, Eleanor Meadows, Second Yang, and 
those of you who are anonymous. So we thank you. You're our patrons, and you make it possible for us to update the, the what the show looks like and the quality of the show and all those kind of things, and to have, I will comment on this, the super cool, you probably can't see it very well, the super cool Trinity, hold on, talk about it. The Trinity coffee mug, which um, currently contains Braxton's bourbon, but I'm oh, kidding. That was a joke. It's probably yet cold coffee because he. If he, by bourbon you mean cold coffee, uh, cold non-alcoholic coffee. normal coffee, then yes, and probably probably Folgers. Is it cold? It is not cold, but I did have an iced coffee this morning. Yeah, see, he drinks cold coffee. <laughs> see, I don't even like coffee, but then he comes with his iced coffee, and that's just that's beyond weird. To yeah. Me. Uh, but these mugs, they look fantastic. Yeah. And you did buy that with your mm-hmm. own money, I think. I did. Yeah. But. Um, he didn't buy me one, so and I, I actually bought a, a Leighton Flowers uh, Soteriology and Election course T-shirt from Trinity. Yeah. Did it and come yet? It it did, and I forgot to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can wear it sometime. Uh, but here here's the oh, thing. it looks great though. I did post a picture of it in the uh, uh, the Trinity Primetime Facebook group. Oh, I remember. Yeah, and it it, it looks incredible. My, I got the I think it's called Hunter Green color. Uh, T with the logo for Leighton Flowers class. It's, it, it, it's awesome. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're pleased. Yeah. Uh, Our merchandise isn't junk. If you want to find that stuff, Trinity Seminary stuff, and there's a Trinity Radio little section, and, and Trinity a, Commission. Yeah. You can get Trinity Commission stuff. You can get that at uh, cafepress.com slash trinitygiftshop. And 100% of the profit from that goes to the seminary. That's right. All of that goes to seminary. None of that goes to this show. Or any of the uh, other shows. So, I think, I think and if you're good. upset about the cost, yeah. I understand, but they do give you uh, a coupon for the next time if you buy something. So uh, some people have been commenting about that. Yeah. But on to the show. So we found a video from a girl who has a lot of a lot of viewers, a lot of subscribes. I mean, a lot of... And she... And, she, and I, let me say this. Um... We may be snarky and a little bit straightforward, not at her, at the issue, because I actually think that for a person who's trying to make a case that you should be a pro-choice Christian, and even though that's what's on the thumbnail for this and the title of this, she says, I'm pro-life, but I vote pro-choice, which to my mind is, well, then you're pro-choice. Yeah, <laughs> you're pro- but, yeah. but I don't want to say she pro- does say that. Yeah. Well, no, when I've talked to a lot of pro-choice people, I have friends who are pro-choice, and one of the things they'll say is, that you'll hear quite often is, I wouldn't have an abortion, but I don't want to say other people can't have an abortion for this and the other. And so that's typically common, and that goes for both Christians and non-Christian friends of mine who are pro-choice. They'll say, I wouldn't have an abortion. I don't believe in me having an abortion unless this, that, or the other. You know, if I was raped, I probably would or or something. Um, But, or if it comes down to my life, which we'll probably get into this stuff. Yeah, we'll get into it. But a lot of pro-choice people will say, I wouldn't have an abortion myself, but... Or worse still, he'll say, I believe that it is wrong, or even so far as I believe that it is murder, or whatever, you know, horrible thing, um, but I think other people should do it because... Uh, should be allowed to do it because blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and blah, blah, blah is about... If it's murder, then no, other people shouldn't right. be. Anyway, we'll get into all this stuff, but I do appreciate this girl because uh, I should say young lady. She's a young lady. Uh, the thing that's impressive is she actually does get into some Bible and try to do some exegesis. And a couple of things she says about how to do exegesis are true, and they're things that we right. teach here. And so I, I'm impressed with her, and, and I think she tried, and I, and I believe she believes all this, and I believe she probably is 
a, a Christian and a good person and all those things. I just think she's wrong about this, and we're going to talk about well, why. Well, I know that she's wrong about this, yeah. and she needs to watch this video so she can understand why. Because the, the, it, it is a worldview. She does mention worldview issues, and this is a worldview issue, and there's nothing good about abortion. All right, there's so... Nothing, there's nothing permissible for a Christian to affirm this. Amen, brother. I'm with you. And I was listening to what you said, because I value your words. All right, let's uh, say a couple of opening things about the issue of abortion. Now, I think there was a video early, a podcast episode from us early last season, where I read this quote, but I think it's important because... Ever since I discovered this, when I hear people say the wrong word, it's probably not that big a deal, but I cringe. Okay. Yeah. The, the, well, you should read it if for another reason. I can't even remember what we said. Okay. Okay. Week, so. Okay. And I was people here. will either say the sacredness of human life, the sanctity of human life, or the dignity of human life, as though those are all synom- synonymous things. So here's a quote from um, a, a book called The Sacredness of Human Life uh, by um, Gushy. I can't remember his first name. Gushy. Whatever it is. David Gushy, maybe? I don't know. Uh, But the sacredness of human life. And here's what he says. Quote, Sacredness and sanctity are today treated as essentially synonymous and often defined with reference to each other. However, this this closer examination reveals that sanctity carries a particular moral connotation such as purity, holiness, or virtue, linking the term to character qualities achieved by the person who has attained sanctity. Sacredness, by contrast clearly reflects an ascribed status, referring to something or someone having received a special status through consecration by another. This gets us to the heart of our project because it is precisely the idea that all human beings have been consecrated to a special status by the agency of God that marks ordinary Christian understanding of the sacredness of human life. And then he says about dignity real quick. Dignity has developed uh, has developmental history that is definitely not traceable to the Bible or Christianity. It originally emerged from the classical world and carried the connotation of rank. So dignity has to do with your rank or your status, you know, in, in a hierarchy, uh, at least etymologically. Um, sanctity has to do with something that has happened to that you have achieved, achieved yeah. that has now made you sanctified. Sacredness is a different thing, okay? Yeah, it's a different. That's God saying yeah. you're special. Yeah, it's the difference between placing a value on something, and the you know from, especially from others to that, versus ontology. Yeah, the nature of a thing what itself, it right? So um, the other two are are similar in vain to just utility, you know. This is what it does. This is its function. It is. It has earned these sorts of characteristics, uh, quality of character, and all of that. Yeah. Through action, the sacredness is points to something deeper. It's ontology. It doesn't matter yeah. if it has achieved anything. It yeah. is. This is what it is, and only on the basis of what it is, it should be held sacred. Yeah. 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 Amen. And and other things are sacred besides right. human beings, but human beings are sacred. I like his, human life yeah. is sacred. I like I like that he does this. It's like in our New Testament backgrounds class where I t- talk about honor in the ancient world because you have mm-hmm. two kinds. You have the achieved honor and then you have the ascribed honor. The achieved honor is merit based. What have you done to get these things, these accolades mm-hmm. afforded to you by the outsiders? Whereas a, a, a ascribed honor is stuff you can't really help. Where were you born? Where do you live? Who are your parents? Who, what is your familial li- lineage? That's your ascribed honor. And so likewise, what he's saying is. He's looking at what's ascribed to you 
in the sense of ontology versus your, the worth attributed to you for uh, things you've done. And that's very important distinction because for some people, the abortion issue comes down to utility. It comes down to what purpose is this thing inside right. me serving? Not, not baby thing. What this, this this glob of cells? You know, right. like distance language. And is it how how does this go, how does this going to affect my life? And that plays into the abortion. Whereas if it's well, you have a human. Mm-hmm. It's it's a human, and human is sacred. It's innocent life, um, and you're responsible for it. Good yeah. stuff. Right. That's that's good, and that is exactly what. Does we're it have anything intrinsic? Yeah, the it's it's utility is distant. Intrinsic is up close. It's in your face. Mm-hmm. It's ontology. You can't. That is what it is. The thing in itself. You know. Yeah, and also sacred means uh, if God is ascribing that on or that sacred status to a person or to something, then it doesn't matter what anybody else says about it right. or what they want to do with it. Like you right. say, utility. And this person is that that matters for this person who's claiming theism and Christian theism. Whereas an atheist would say, well, I don't hold anything sacred. Okay, well, we've talked about the sled argument. We've talked about the science behind it. If we're just going by secular terms and science, don't ascribe to your metaphysics of personhood scientifically. That is human life, and your position is bankrupt scientifically. Right. Even uh, <clears throat> Hitchens saw that. Right. You know, so it's like you lose. Don't go to science. So, but if we go to religion, you still lose too. So uh, yeah. he mentioned something called the sled argument by Stephen Schwartz. We mentioned that in the episode uh, from last season toward the beginning, has to do with abortion, and Louis C.K. I think is in the title of yeah. that. But um, but if you'll go check that out, you'll get the sled argument, or I've got a blog article on it on my website. Just go to my website and type in abortion at braxcenter.com, and you'll get it. Uh, also, I have my own argument called the Booth argument that's also available in the same article and on the same podcast. So check those things out. We probably won't talk about those here. Uh, all right. Uh, Isn't so, that great? We don't have to repeat everything. Yeah, yeah we can just point back. Go yeah. back to you know episode three of season seven or whatever it was. I think it's episode three. Could be wrong. All right. Uh, let's see. So let's get right into her reasons. All right. Now, again, I want to be fair to her. She says, I'm pro-life. I think abortion is a bad thing, but shouldn't be illegal. And I appreciate as a fellow YouTuber now, that she puts on the uh, on the screen at the beginning. Look, if you haven't listened past three minutes of this video, don't comment. Like, yeah. hear me out. And and I understand that. And, yeah, and do and the I, same I, for us. I made it through her whole video, and now I'm going to. Comment. I did too on double speed. All and, right. Yeah. So here we go. Um, the first reason that she gives is pregnancy feels violating. It feels like you are violated in some sense. And she talks about her friend who uh, got pregnant and, uh, and then because of the legal status and how, you know, what our laws are and all this sort of thing or whatever. I don't know where she's at. I don't know. But she felt like now she had to have this baby. Pregnancy and, ended and she up said, itself. And she said, she ended up saying like, why is my friend, why does my friend have to be forced to be pregnant or something like that? Go listen. It's, it, that's the gist of it. Why does my friend have to be made to be pregnant? The same and reason your mother was. <laughs> right. Know, it's to, like. To bring you to. And this becomes important, I think, for this whole show. This whole episode is. Biology? Th- yeah. <laughs> th- you, I understand some people are raped and trust me, we'll talk about that. But for now, in 99% of the cases where rape is not an issue, this didn't happen. Just, this didn't just happen. Some stuff was done on your part that this happened, yeah. right? You know, anything else you want to say about that? Well, I mean, well, people watching our show, 
they should know about the birds and the bees. And consensual birds and bees, you, there's no violation here. Right. And if you're an adult, uh, I'm sorry, I understand the movement to teach sexual education to second graders. That you're doing this kind of stuff, it's no mystery where babies come from. There's right. no mystery there either. Yeah. There's, there's no mystery when uh, when you have sex that a potential outcome of that could be a baby. Because right. that's how babies... that's kind of what it's for. And everyone knows that. <laughs> my my kids are, Partly. know this. My yeah. kids have known that since they were eight. You know, Before mm-hmm. that, it was the stork. But after that, you stop talking about the stork and you get down to the birds and the bees. And there's no mystery there. I there's, thought when I was growing up, like until yeah. I found out, I thought that when two people got married... Something happened mystically that sooner or later she's going to get pregnant. You know, it's just it's just what happens. You yeah, know? <laughs> but but there's no there's no mystery. There's no rape. There's there's there, there's no violation. Right. You, the, you haven't the, been violated. The laws of nature aren't. You know, in as much as the the law of gravity is violating my capacity to fly, <clears throat> that's about the the level of. Uh, of um, violation there is. Yeah, and she actually gives it's not meaningful. a couple of examples from uh, some philosopher that, that I've... Here lately, I mean, this is a philosopher that did this during the 70s, I think. Um, I can't remember her name. I should have had it for you. But, but it, I mean, the argument's been around now so long. But this particular philosopher has now been quoted. I, I never really heard it much before, but by three people, just as I was preparing for this. So it must be some, some article that came back up or something that is now popular again. But one analogy is the violinist analogy, and the other mm-hmm. analogy is the seed blowing into your house. Now, here's how she... I'm just giving you what she says in the video, okay? You're kidnapped. and One of the things is you wake up in the morning, and uh, and suddenly... There is a violinist attached to your back, mm-hmm. and you're laying in bed. And, oh my gosh! Now there's this violinist attached to my back. I think that's the way it goes. Yeah. And uh, and now you have to walk around for nine months with this violinist guy attached to your back, and he can't survive if you sever him. I don't know why it's a violinist. I'm not sure what that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, So the, the point is, the point is, uh, her point is, you don't have, you shouldn't have to do that. Like th- this happened to you. And now you shouldn't have to do this because he, you should be right to be able to cut him off. You know, that's his problem. Except for the fact that if you wake up magically with a violinist attached to your back, that's a little bit different. You didn't do anything to make that happen unless you just had a crazy well, night that yeah, we can't explain. Right. But but, <laughs> it's like the pineapple incident in, in that one show. But uh, how I met your mother with the pineapple cover, who knows? Um, but. In the text, in the title card, when she was telling the story, it said something about you were kidnapped and you woke up with the violinist. Mm-hmm. So that, that puts this in there. Her example goes into the rape category. Anyway. Oh, someone kidnapped and right. tied and you the, up. She said that in the title card. I don't know if she said it in oh, the Oh, I see. You paused it. But, yeah, but there was a okay. title card. There was a kidnapping. Okay. You're kidnapped, and then you wake up and you have this violinist tied into your, your um, vital organs so that the violinist can survive, and in nine months it'll be fine. And you shouldn't have to... Have a, some sort of legal obligation to uh, care for that violinist because it was forced upon you. Now, I think this backfires for her because we can put that in the rape category. Yeah. This is a, because look, and we will talk about rape. Right. Put it in the rape category for now. So let's just so this analogy doesn't work for me, but even still, let's say I was kidnapped. Should there be a legal obligation that I maintain this other person's life because a violinist? He's not even a child. I can't look to this guy and say, sorry, you got to die. You know, I've got to suck it up and sacrifice for nine months saying, 
all right, buddy, it's it's the two of us because you know if I kill you, I go to prison. Even though I didn't want this to happen, I shouldn't just say sorry, buddy. My life and my convenience is worth more than your existence, and I don't have a problem with a law being there saying his existence matters. Even yeah. if even so, if you're saying if we live in a world where suddenly violinists become attached to people's backs, whether yeah. because of kidnapping or magic or whatever, <laughs> you're saying you feel like. Well, okay. Well, that's what happens to you, and now you yeah. you got to crappy live with things that. happen in life <laughs> yeah. to yeah. people in general. I mean, there's no, you know, uh, so that's that. If that becomes your lot in life, yeah, it should be a crime that I could say, "Sorry, fella, you're you're bothering me, so you have to die, so I can so I can sit on the couch without pushing you." And you the, you made me think of something too, because this know? comes up because you'll hear in some of these debates about body rights issues like this. But here's the thing: is we are talking in this case, she's saying she thinks it shouldn't be illegal. And so legalities is kind of what we're talking about. And a lot of times I'll be in the midst of discussing abortion with someone and say, but yeah, but it's totally legal to X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, yeah, okay, fine. We're not talking about what is legal or not. We're talking about what should be legal or not. Or And really for us as theologians and as people that think philosophically and yeah. this sort of thing, we're concerned with, is it right or wrong? Yeah. And we think that it's wrong. And, and I'm not trying to say it's a bad analogy. I understand the purpose of analogy so you can try to communicate an idea. So I want to be clear. I'm not trying to poke a hole in the analogy. What I'm doing is I'm saying... Take, giving take grace, the analogy, take, grant it all. Grant it all and saying, yes, human life matters to the point where there should be a law saying, even if I was kidnapped, I can't kill this person. Yeah. Well, and and here's and they're going to say they're going to say, but, but okay, what if a woman is raped? And I'm well, we're going to get to that. there. We're going to get to that. But per that analogy, if you can say that you can be kidnapped and have a uh, a uh, violinist wired into your um, vital organs, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, the corollary to that is you can also volunteer to have violinists, you know through natural processes attached to you. Mm -hmm. You can go volunteer to, to do this. Now, once you once you made that commitment, right? And if you want to make this analogy... To, this is a stupid analogy. To well, this to is a stupid it, analogy. To explain it, if I agree to hook this violinist up to my heartbeat and my stomach... Why is it a violinist? I, who cares? I do! Why, there's got to be a reason. But once I consent to the process that inevitably results in a violinist... Do I, am I obligated to that violinist because I consented to a process that led to a violinist? Yes. Yeah, but that's not even right because there the person is trying to get a violinist on their back. That's like a person that's going to a fertility clinic or something. What you really want to say, and this is why it's a stupid analogy because it isn't an analog, is what you mm -hmm. want to say is, you want to say there is a club that if you go there, there is a reasonable chance that you'll come out with a violinist Infection. What in the world? Ty yeah, okay. This is why this analogy is dumb. Yeah, okay. And if you decide to freely go to that club, that club represents sex. It yes. is, it's not a sex... Look, <laughs> you go in there and you come out with a violinist on your back. Guess what? That was in the fine print before that's, you attended right. this club. And when you... Yeah, ha when you, yeah. and so... <laughs> right, so even granting that, you have an obligation to that violinist at that point. Yeah. Because you knew that's, that could happen. Right. 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 Same same thing here. I'm sorry if you have sex. Oh my god. No mystery how babies come. You have an obligation. Oh man. Why? It's because human life is sacred. Okay, so I'm all reading. human life is ontologically sacred. Not not that it's these dignity or it's sacred. Right. It's, it's God ascribed sacred. Yeah. It is a human being, and if you abort even a cluster of cells, it, it's most minute 
size, mm -hmm. you've killed a human. Oh, yeah. And if you want to know why on that, go back to last season and hey, listen, listen to the sled, sled argument. argument. Okay. I'm in the midst of reading this Zondervan Counterpoints book on law and gospel. And I was uh, reading all this stuff. And so I, I understand that th there is a different... we talking about law and legalities, like I said. Here's one thing that I want to say about this, though. What the government really is supposed to do is to protect people. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what we're doing. We're keeping people safe. We're protecting people and that sort of thing. Um, so it's not about legislating morality. What it's about is uh, you're supposed to protect those babies too. Mm -hmm. So should it be illegal to uh, do these abortions? Yes, because it's about protection. You're protecting right. the unborn as well. And I'm really bothered right now because as a lot of people know, and maybe what the impetus for this show is, my favorite rock band of all time is U2. And I'm really upset, and I want people to know I'm willing to say it publicly. I don't give them a pass. People have thought they were liberal for years. Mm -hmm. they, they really, I mean, on a lot of these, they weren't. They were interested in, in uh, social justice and stuff, but they really weren't right. liberal. But now they've come out in favor of this thing in Ireland that's a repeal. And it really bothered me. And what I want to say is, look, if you're, if you're a person who the totality of your career, as it is for them, has been pretty well about the disenfranchised, the impoverished, the weaker, the people that don't have a voice for themselves, this is the biggest category of persons mm -hmm. like that. And you definitely ought to be protecting, and the government ought to be protecting those people. Right. That's what governments are for. So when we talk about legalities and, well, this is legal and that's legal, I don't know about all that. I know the government's supposed to protect us. That's basically what the Bible wants the government to be allowed to do. Right. And they're not doing it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. And how to dismantle nuclear bombs. It is not, it's not even, that's not even the title. I'll agree with you. That album that you're talking about that doesn't exist is terrible. What is the name of it? How to dismantle an atomic bomb. An atomic bomb, whatever. It won more it's Grammys. So than, it won more Grammys is. than any other album in history, including Michael Jackson's Thriller. So they don't have any good taste. What's your point? Terrible album. How to dismantle an atomic. Nine bomb. Grammys for one. Okay, let's get back to abortion. Uh, hey, if you're ranting about you too, I get to rant. It's worse I, I'll let you go. Over the, you know what? They deserve it. Have at it. Talk about the Joshua Tree. I don't care. They deserve it. No, I like it. that one. <laughs> <laughs> there is no paid maternity leave, and many women are in poverty. That's another reason. That's reason number two that I could I could pick up on is it shouldn't be illegal because you are putting women in a tough spot because when you make them pregnant, they now can't get maternity leave when you're, you make them stay pregnant. Yes. They now can't get maternity leave. And, and a lot of them are in poverty, and you're making their situation that much worse. Okay, I want to say two things about this. One, I think women or even men or people should get paid paternity leave. I think, I think that's a good benefit. I, I don't know if you should make that a legal requirement, but I'm all for that. Number two, who cares? Irrelevant to whether or not killing a baby is okay. Right. Who cares? If we were to grant that... Yeah. It doesn't make it okay. Now, this is where, right, who cares? It has nothing to do with anything. The issue is what a thing is, what, what, what's its ontology, and is it okay to, given its ontology, to kill it? Right. If you're Without granting that, that these are people, yeah. persons, then what you, this is what you are Science saying. This is what perfect. you are saying. You are saying the same thing as if you said, well, at three years old, this, this child is making it hard on the mother to feed it, so... She should be able to kill it. 
Right. I mean, that's if you say no, that come on, that I can hear that kind of a response. Yeah, shut up. You're well, uh, okay, then then this shouldn't bother you at all. Abort. Right. You shouldn't even be bothered about abortion right. because it's not anything. Right. But if it's something, what is it? Is it murder or is it at least killing a person? If it is, then yes, that is exactly what right. you're saying. It's the and, same thing. And this is where I hear from my friends. You're not pro-life because you're not whole life. Because you, you, we should be for abortion because you don't, you don't march on the Mall of Washington for paid maternity leave, and you don't do this and that and the other. You're pro-birth, not pro-life, because you're not whole life. Mm-hmm. Okay, number one, where in the world do you get that from? Number two, let me grant that. I've done this with my debates. Who cares? Let's pretend that I could give a hoot about what happens to the mother and the baby. It should still be illegal. Why? Because of the principle. Forget extenuating circumstances. Let's look at the principle. Is it a human being? Science says yes. Religion says yes. Everyone says This is like one of the few times science even gets it right, which they almost never do. But even they get the, even science, for all of the history of failure, yes. is right on this. Yeah. So you lose on science. If that's your thing, if you think science is the most important God to bow to, you still lose. What is this? So who cares if we don't give a dime to help, if I don't lift a finger at all to help? Now, everyone who knows me, and I want to... And you bring this up with me. I want to compare Calm my down. charitable giving to Calm down. your, because liberals never give to anything. But so, but so I can get away with saying this. Who cares about whole life business, pro pro birth versus being whole life? If I was the most ungiving, uncharitable person in the world, it couldn't possibly matter. Why? Because of the principle. What is a baby? Right. Is it human? If so, if committing an abortion is murdering that human. It's evil, regardless of what happens to the mother and the baby for the rest of your life. Now, having said that, because principles come first before circumstances and appeals to pity. Wait, let me pile on because you have another point. Let me pile on to that point. So when I was pastoring my second church, this is the early 2000s, there was this uh, elderly lady in the church who I knew was like a hardcore liberal Democrat, but somehow we ended up, she was going to take us out to dinner. And so we went uh, the next city over with her. And so we were driving in the car and we're talking and somehow she brings it up. And I was kind of like, oh, here it comes. And she brought up about being a Democrat and how Republicans are horrible and all the... And we're not talking about that. But anyway, because as people have heard me talk about this issue before, no, my, my favorite line on this is, this is not a political issue. This is just an issue that's been politicized. I was right. proud Eric Hernandez mentioned that in debate and said it was my quote, and I like that. Anyway, so... Because um, I like when people quote me. Right. It makes me feel important. But this woman said, well, I don't know what's worse... She's like, I mean, yeah, I think abortion is terrible, but the Republicans just don't want to, they want to have the baby, but then not take care of them. And after it's over, I mean, which is worse? And I was like, "Um, abortion. Right. Abortion. Regardless. I was saying, see, this this argument basically boils down to an appeal to pity, which is not a basis for a rational decision on the issue of abortion. It's uh, fallacious. So... But as I said, if you want to call me pro-birth, I will grant that for the sake of argument. But that still doesn't hold Argument water. still goes through. Yeah. It's, but, and that, that claim doesn't hold water. Uh, uh, there's a book out called um, Who Really Cares? And it breaks down the charitable givings of religious people versus non-religious people. And oh, yeah? Republicans versus non-Democrats you know Democrats and, and, and third-party people. And guess who gives the most? Poor Christians. By and far, and by the way, there's no, there's no Richard Dawkins women's shelter out there. There's no, there's no. Well, there might be. Matt, there's no Matt Dillahante Memorial Hospital out there. I'm sorry, there's, there's not. not one of those. I'm confident. Of right. That. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look. Uh, I'm sure he'd be in favor. Yeah, of it. but yeah. look, I mean, 
who really cares? Who really gives here? Um, women, as far as... Christian oh, people, especially poor ones. Right. Christians do. <laughs> uh, Christians have women's shelters. Christians build hospitals. Christians have food pantries at their church and clothing banks at their churches. Uh, far and beyond yeah. above what any any yeah. other religion in America or in the world, and far and above any non-religion uh, you know, we rival the government and do it better. Yeah, it's like that yeah. David Wood debate with uh, with what's his face, Shermer, Michael Shermer. David Wood's a Christian apologist, and he was like saying, "Here's his argument." He goes, uh, "Christians gave you science, um, therefore everything good that science ever brings." goes to confirm the original hypothesis of those Christians that we live in an orderly universe right. and that you can that you can discover things about it by yeah. studying it because it observed by astrology. So anything good that science that happens with science, it doesn't help atheism. <coughs> it goes to confirm right. confirm Christianity. Yeah. So this pro-birth business, yeah. number one, me personally, let's let's compare charitable giving receipts and number so it doesn't wash. And number two, just looking at Christians as a whole, who she complains are the people who are pro-life and want to outlaw abortion. I'm sorry, there is not a church on the planet that I am aware of that I've ever been to. Maybe there's some, but most churches I've ever been to, if a single mom needs help, the entire church is falling all over themselves. Absolutely. The Let's take up a help. special love offering. Right. There's a community right here. Okay. Of we houses. Spend... Yeah. Oh yeah. Community. Talk about it. Yeah, a community of housing. Emmanuel Baptist Church. Right. African American Church, just three blocks from here. Has built, an, built a, a neighborhood. neighborhood. Of low, nice, not government garbage. I'd live there. Yeah, nice houses for single moms and others who are low. You know what's even better about it? Yeah. Get this. When you start making more money, where other government housing wouldn't allow you to live there anymore because yeah. now you're making too much to be living there, they don't. Right. They see that as progress, and you get. To, and, but, you, but in order to get in originally, you have to. Yeah, yeah. but but other than and unlike government housing, uh, I know back at Cedar Heights Baptist Church, is a, there's a man who um, he has rental properties and apartment complexes that are nice, as nice as all his other properties. But he specifically keeps these for for like like I I know that I worked with a lady um, who was a single mom of two kids that she worked at Domino's while I was delivering pizzas while I was in college, and she lived there with her two kids. And she could afford it on a domino seller. Nicer apartment than a lot of upper scale apartments. I mean, there's just this kind of thing happens everywhere. This idea that that oh, if these women have to have babies, there's going to be nobody there to take care. Number one, there's government assistance. Number two, there's the, the church is all over this, so yeah. that holds <clears throat> no water. But you wouldn't know that if you never darkened the doorway of a church. Well, we got to move on, and I mean, yeah. but she has. This girl in the video, she's dark in the door of a church. Then she knows better than to make. Number one, she should know better than make a fallacious argument first and foremost. But, yeah, and she may two, not she know should, where the money's going, but yeah. she should do that research. Right, we did it for you. There it is. All right, well, let's move on. We need to move more quickly. Making abortion illegal will not end abortion. It will just make it sketchy. This one drives me nuts, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why. Because here's what you are saying, and my analogies don't involve violinists. All right, they could. <laughs> I can tweak it. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. If violinists really annoy you, this is going to be the right kind of violinist analogy. <laughs> if you wish there were no violinists, if you can't stand violinists, if they if they bother your day, if they make your life less pleasurable, uh, if they stand in the way of your dreams, and you wish you could kill them, what we're saying here is, well, you know what? People are going to kill violinists anyway. <laughs> They're going to kill violinists in back alleys somewhere with a rusty coat hanger. They're going to kill violinists. So here's what we need. We need to, since it's going to happen anyway, we need to have a nice... Uh, violinist murder room at, at this government funded, we'll call it planned, <laughs> planned, 
I don't know, planned murder the violinist. <laughs> and if you can get him there, then we can, we, you can kill him in this room. It'll be clean and it'll be clinical and it'll be fine and the government will pay for it. It's like the college campus crybaby closets. You know, mm-hmm. we have we have a murder closet. Right, right. We, I have a moderate murder closet. Right. Because it and, and it'd be better, and it would be better if nobody wanted to kill violinists and if there was no violinist being killed. But people are gonna kill him anyway, it's gonna be sketchy. Yeah. So let's make it not sketchy and do it in this nice violin murder room. Right. It'd be violinists right. playing in the music or something. Yeah, and they'll just No, it'll out. be no, they're there because they don't want the violin. Yeah, you just it'll be a jazz a, saxophone or right. something. <laughs> and you just yeah, and you just shoot them with some sort of uh yeah. thing and they're dead. But I can't think of what to shoot them with that would be appropriate for that. But the, the point is, that's what you're saying. I don't. No, that's not Billy what you're saying. Billy can tell us any number of that's chemicals. Not that what, we, that's <laughs> not what we're saying. We're, it's different. That, no, it's not different. It's you're, not different. You're killing a person. If you're saying you're it is killing a person. a person, but people are going to do it, so it's sketchy. So let's yeah. make it nice and clean and safe. Right. This is the inconsistency in our world. Why would you not abort a baby? Because you know it's a person. Because you wouldn't abort a violinist. Right. You know it's a person. And just because other people are going to do it in unsanitary ways if you make it illegal is not a reason that we should go ahead and sanction murder. I want to repent. We've come to that point in the show where I get to repent of things. Not only am I not being as nice as I want to be about this, this is a serious topic. And I'm making it whimsical and and joking about uh, the lunacy of the arguments. Yeah, and those arguments need to be mocked. Uh, poor lady, look. We wouldn't be talking about this if we didn't think this was incredibly important. It is incredibly important, and there's no, and you're not mocking the. You think I'm okay? Abortion. Yeah, I think you're fine because you should mock bad arguments that are mock worthy. She put it out there. It's the look at me. Here I am. I want you Christians to know this. Okay, well I'm sorry, but we're talking about killing babies. You're talking about murdering babies. Period. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all we're talking about. And until you can prove, either through reason, science, or Christianity, that that's not a baby, that's not a human being, you're talking about, we're talking about murdering and when it's okay to murder. And baby in the womb, fetus in the now, womb. Now, by the way, by the way, by the way, it's the same thing. I know I haven't told this, but yeah. since the last time we talked about this, let me just say this. It wasn't William Lane Craig, because that's where everybody will immediately think. But when I was in Israel with all those other Christian apologists, there was a particular extremely well-known Christian apologist that I was having lunch with, and we were talking about this, and I was saying what you were just saying, and he said, it's not always murder. It, it is always killing a person, but it's not always murder. And I was like, well, unpack that for me. He's like, well, because it's not always murder, because murder implies that you're intending to it's a moral, like you're intending to do this immoral thing. And the girl that's having the abortion isn't always intending that. And I sat there for thought for a minute and ate my, you know, weird Israeli food. And then I said, you know what? Actually, no, because even if the girl doesn't intend it, first of all, I don't know if that makes it not murder. And then second, right. the, Being the abortionists yeah. that did it at Planned Parenthood, yeah. they knew what they were doing. Right. Somebody's murdering. You're ignorant. Yeah. You're ignorant. You're, you're ignorance of, of, what counts as murder? What counts as murder doesn't mean that we change the description. Right. I understand that intent is, is important. And I like pre- the guy. If he hears this, probably yeah. won't. But I understand that intent is a factor in premeditated murder, and somebody may be ignorant or don't believe that it is murder. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, that's irrelevant. Killing a violinist is murder you know, for no reason, whether you agree with it or not. Right, Man. it's still murder. Or if you're ignorant, well, I didn't know that violinists were actually human beings. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest line. <laughs> right. 
That is the best thing that's ever been said on Trinity Radio. Let's just appreciate the glory of that. I, I played like, What did you say? Say it again. <laughs> so what if I didn't know that violinists were going to be bass? Oh, man. Uh, I didn't oh, know. Oh, gosh. I was a violinist when I was young, by the way. No, um, you weren't. You're yeah, just saying that. My to mom make it. watches this show. You can fact check it with my mom. I believe you. I believe you. Ask her on Facebook. Okay. I was. I'm not saying I was good. Okay. I'm saying the Catholic I beliefs. Here's number yeah. four. The Catholic belief system is trying to be forced onto other Americans. This is not a Catholic belief system. And this. This is well. First of all, this is not a reason. Yeah. Who cares? What, what does that have to do with it? Yeah. Uh, but okay. I'm not Catholic, and I'm trying to force this onto other Americans. Right. Right? Uh, there are some Muslims that are trying to force this, and there are some atheists that are trying to force this. Yeah, on there Americans. are pro-life atheists. Yeah. Christopher Hitchens was right. a pro-life atheist, yeah. I think. Abortion okay. is bad. Um, all know, right. Pretty bad. much everyone believes that abortion should be legal when it comes to... This is another reason. When it comes to rape slash incest, some countries allow for it if the mom is dying. Okay, first of all, that some... Con- I think what she's trying to establish here... I don't know. I could... Maybe you picked up. It seems like what she's trying to establish here is, look, it needs to be legal because it already is legal in some cases. I mean, it already is acceptable to Christians in some cases. Mm-hmm. So really what we're talking about here is just to what it, extent. Oh, you know? Extend that to all cases. And, and, and here's the thing. Rape and incest are not the same thing at all necessarily. I mean, you, rape, when you get raped... Yeah, you didn't want that. You didn't have any control over that. But and I know this is not going to get us on the clean clean episode list. Mm-hmm. But an incestual sexual relationship may or may not have been forced or manipulative. Right. If it is, it goes in the rape column again. Right. If it's not, it just goes in the sexual immorality, horrible sexual immorality yeah. uh, that was consensual. That you you did this. Oh, and this takes us back. We never got to the other analogy, the worse analogy than the violin analogy, which this comes up again here is the seed. She said the same philosopher talked about see it, you if, if seeds blowing towards your house, sometimes it gets in your house. You can put up a screen on your back porch that won't allow the seed like from the trees and stuff, to blow into your house, that's like birth control, mm-hmm. okay? You can stop it from getting in. But if it gets in, if you don't use birth control, you don't now have to. Nobody thinks you're obligated now. Oh, the seed got in my house, so now i got to let this tree grow up in my living room. Okay, when I was listening to that, and, and granted, I'm just, what she gave me is all I've got to go on. Mm-hmm. Trees are not as valuable as human beings, Right. Trees have almost no value compared to now, a human being. The beings. point of the analogy is this is trying to say unintended pregnancy as a result of sex is yeah. like the is like seed blowing into your living room. Yeah. She doesn't understand that there's a worldview out there that exists that pertains mostly to the atheists making these kind of arguments where they see no distinction between you and a rat. Yeah. They or a tree. Or a tree. You're you're no more value. Where does that come from? Not believing in God is where that comes from. I'm sorry. And I know atheists are out there screaming, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. That's not what we believe. If you're using this analogy to compare people to trees, unintended trees growing in your house, I'm sorry. What's that? Peter Singer will disagree with you. Peter Singer says, yeah, you're no better than a baboon or a, or a yeah. plant. I'm sorry. There are atheists out there who think that 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 is the I that is the consistent worldview of an atheist. And Peter Singer just embraces it, which is why everyone thinks he's a loon, including other atheists. Right. Because other atheists aren't quite as because you can't get the meaning and the value and the right uh, and, so, and the sacredness. Look, so, but that analogy is dumb anyway. Uh, there's a difference between wind blowing and you taking your pants off and having sex with somebody and getting. Lo and behold, I got pregnant from sex. How did that happen? 
Because that's how it happens. There's no, there's no. Now you kind of already answered the rape issue. Uh, but the, the rape issue is if a violinist gets attached to your back yeah. unintentionally, that happened. Yeah. Okay, but that doesn't mean you get to kill a person. And I know that sounds insensitive, and I don't want to sound insensitive because that has happened to yeah. people. Um, and so let me say, I will never experience that, and my heart goes out to you. But we have to face the truth full on here. we got to look right. in the mirror at ourselves, warts and all. Right. And the truth about it is, though it's not happy, the truth is that horrifying thing that I can't even relate to did happen, but that, I'm sorry, that doesn't mean you get to kill someone. Right. Because it happened to you. What's well, my body? Yeah, it is, and that's their body that's inside your body. Right. Right? I mean, you know, that. I'm sorry, that's just, and I know people, family, that that has happened to. Yeah. And but, they didn't have But, but neither rape... A rape or consensual sex is 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 wind blowing stuff into your house. Right, right, that's right. Rape is something that's in, in, intentional and malicious. Consensual sex is still intentions, intentional. Yeah, it's not wind blowing. Yeah, right. We know how this works, and so like you said with rape, what about the cases of rape? Now, here's where you and I might disagree. Okay, mm-hmm. here's where you and I might disagree. It it takes up to seventy two hours potentially. Uh, for a pregnancy to happen, right? I don't know that. Well, okay. Well, now you you do. I don't know that. Well, that's what I've heard. It can Mm -hmm. take up to 72 hours. Now, what they're saying it takes up to 72 hours, I think, is is for it to attach to the wall. But fertilization, that's conception. Yeah. But I think conception could still take some time. But the fact that we don't know, and I don't think anybody knows exactly, and it probably fluctuates how long it takes, means don't take that plan B. Which is what I think you were going to say. Right. Well, I, that's where I think that you and I disagree. Um, in that Do you case. agree that if we knew for sure right now that that, that uh, sperm and egg come together within five minutes, let's say, that it's wrong to take the plan B? Yes. Okay. Well, the fact that we don't know for sure means, we should. means it's reckless homicide. Could be. <laughs> if it, kill, if it well, happens. Or you don't think that... Life begins at conception. No, yeah. but we don't know. I mean, I, I just and that brings up another thing that some people will say is they'll say, "Well, you know, uh, the body naturally passes a lot of they right. never attach." Right. And you're saying that's an abortion? No, I'm saying you couldn't help that. That is right. nature living in a fallen but world. But I also say that because of that does happen, mm-hmm. and because you couldn't help the rape either. No, but you can help whether you kill a child after the rape. Right. Right. But. You, when, I, I, you don't know. Right, and if you don't know, I'm saying? You're saying you get lucky if the body naturally passes it. If not, you carry your rapist baby. I'm saying you let, you let God worry about that. Yeah. But you don't play God and decide who lives and dies. Yeah, I think, well, I'm just like, I can't, I mean, that, that pill, I, in those cases? Personally? I'm okay. I'm okay with you and I disagreeing about this. But I want to make my position clear, because I think a lot of these abortion I, arguments rest. A lot of these abortion arguments rest yeah. on, well, at this point it's a person, or at this point it's no, a person. No, that's not what I'm and saying. We, I know, but we don't know for sure. And so you're putting an arbitrary philosophy, personal opinion line here. They are, and you're saying now right. it's a person. Well, it says who? And yeah. I'm saying if we don't know at what point it's fertilized, and sometimes things happen quicker, and some, but we don't know. Yeah. 
then the you err on the side of caution. From what everything I understand about this, though, mm-hmm. is that it's more to prevent a pregnancy from obtaining than it is to 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 stop a life from existing. I think what they say that, and I think a lot of so actual. I've, I've just bought into. BS, I think so. Well, saying. and I tell you, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I I actually know that a lot of the uh, and everybody I think knows this now, but it wasn't until lot not long ago that people found out about this, but the general public. But actually, a lot of uh, co- contraceptive that's supposed to prevent this, mm-hmm. it just prevents it from attaching to the wall, and not all of it, but some of it, and that con- and. I think that's what we're doing. I don't think, you know. Well, (laughs) I guess I just don't know enough about the science, but from what I understand. Well, we will get comments. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Somebody explain this to me because I'm willing to change. I'm willing to say don't take, because I'm on the side of no abortion. Are you uncertain? I am uncertain and I'm saying, if you're uncertain, then be against it because we don't want ambiguity when it could be a person's life. Yeah, but some, but from what everything I understand to this point, Right now, and the reason why I'm saying I probably differ than you and I'm okay with you taking that is because I understand it as preventative of a pregnancy and I don't know the science behind it. If it's preventative. If it's preventative of conception. I'm okay with it. If it's preventative of conception. Mm -hmm. That's how I've always understood it. If it's preventative of egg and sperm. Yeah, now this is predicated that you go and you report the rape and you take the pill to prevent, to prevent, see this is probably why I should pay more attention to science. (laughs) But everything I understand about this is that uh-huh. if you uh, immediately afterwards you go report the crime, which you should always report the they crime. They do the rape kit, and that involves some, maybe yeah, the and pill. Then you, and then you can take the pill, and it's what I understand it is to prevent a life from forming. Like I, I thought it prevented conception from occurring. Because and it, maybe you're right, and I'm wrong. And if so, then you're right. Okay. But that's not my understanding. Right. Well, and, and it's, I think it's predicated on timing. Um like the most I know from never mind. People are liking this. I'll tell you what. People are liking this because they don't get to see us disagree very often. Well, it, well, but we're disag- we're in the dark here. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's quit talking about it then. Yeah, we, we probably uh, should have Google. I'll tell that. you this. I'll tell you this. We're not sure. We're not sure. Right. And I don't think you are either. Even if you've researched it, because I'm not sure everybody's being straight up about this. Yeah. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. So you're saying I shouldn't hold my... Okay. I'm saying if we're ambiguous about it, don't... It's the same reason yeah. that I don't think you can draw an arbitrary line at, well, it's a collection of cells or it's this Well, or no, it's I that. agree with that. No, I know, but I'm saying with the uncertainty. If you're uncertain and we're talking about possible murder, then just don't. I know that stinks for a person who got raped, yeah. and I, I want to be sympathetic to that. And, but. Yeah, but somebody's out there saying that's easy for you men. I know, and I get that. And it is, and I get that. It's still the issue of murder, but it's, for that, everything that's I an emotional argument. <laughs> but yeah, but everything I understand is that is to prevent a a conception. Well, we will find and out. I, yeah, and if I'm wrong about that, I will change my mind. But that's what I thought. You may find out you're wrong about it. I may find out I'm wrong. But I want to see how much it takes to convince me that I'm actually wrong, and people in the scientific community out there, the Planned Parenthood community yeah. and stuff. Aren't spinning things. Yeah, but I want like I want like credible sources. I don't want opinions. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't want. I worked at a doctor's office once. Right. I want to. I want to see some sort of thing that says, "Does this prevent? If it prevents, I want to hear pro life groups telling me that it's yeah. okay. If it if if it prevents conception, then I'm cool with that. But that's how I've always understood it. I, I never understood it to be. Um, Aborting a baby is to prevent a, cons- a baby from forming. If a pro-life, if I find a pro-life scientist or doctor or whatever, a group that says 
we're pro-life and that's fine. It's not, it's doing what we're saying. It's preventing. Mm-hmm. Then, okay. But you know, what's really funny is we're sitting here talking about it on a podcast with thousands of listeners and probably a lot of them are sitting out there and they already know the answer. And they're like, why are you still talking about yeah, it? Y'all are you guys don't know. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> y'all are professors and you don't know this stuff. Okay. Okay. I'm leaving all this in. I'm leaving it all in. Okay. Greetings, Trinitarians. I want to interrupt this riveting dialogue between me and Dr. Pritchett about the nature of the Plan B pill just to tell you that uh, after the show, we did a little research and we came to, if not a conclusion, we, we, we got some evidence. Okay. So I want to share it with you. Um, there are several articles from the scientific community uh, and Princeton, and there's been some studies done and things like that, that say that what it does is it prevents the pregnancy from happening and goes into all the details about that. The uh, Plan B people are actually trying to get a warning off of the literature because apparently in the uh, in the packaging, it actually does say that it can, it, can, it has abortificent uh, abilities or whatever. Uh, because it changes hormone levels and things like that. But I'm not an expert on this, so I'm just going to tell you there are some other studies and things. Federalist, there's an article about an episode of the show Black Mirror on Netflix. Uh, Black Mirror apparently uh, had an episode that spoke as though emergency contraceptive can cause abortions, and everybody got upset about it, and the Federalist came, came out and said that they got it absolutely right, and explains all of that. You can get that. That's an article from Holly Shear. Uh, there's an article from Lorraine County Right to Life. There's a Texas Right to Life article about this, but it's from 2010 or 11, and so I'm not including it because I'm. I think that a lot of research has been done since then, so it may not be reliable. Uh, so I'm trying to be non-biased about this. Uh, but the Lorraine County Right to Life uh, group has uh, links and stuff on there that they're saying it is, uh, can, can cause uh, an abortion, an early abortion. Uh, the Catholic Church has life sight. You would expect them to study plan B more likely to cause abortion than prevent pregnancy. And that is an article by Kristen Anderson. Uh, but, but, you know, and there's a Christianity Today article. But here, so you get both sides are saying different things. I was kind of left like I was in the discussion with Dr. Pritchett thinking, well, it's ambiguous. Even listening to the professionals, it's kind of ambiguous. But the thing that convinced me is on the Plan B website, uh, Plan B, the original morning after pill, how it works. It can prevent pregnancy by doing one of three things, okay? Uh, Temporarily stops the release of an egg from the ovary, okay? Prevents fertilization, okay? Here's the problem prevents a fertilized egg from attaching to the uterus. Now, I consider, uh, when we say life begins at conception, I mean when that sperm and that egg unite. If you're intentionally preventing that fertilized egg from attaching to the uterus, which is what they say, prevents a fertilized egg from attaching to the uterus, that's an abortion. Now, does it happen naturally in some women? Uh, Obviously. In all women, I don't know, but that's that's where I say let God worry about that. That's not up to you. But when you intentionally prevent a fertilized egg uh, from attaching to the uterus, I consider that to be abortive. Um, you have to make up your own mind. Just wanted to let you know we've done a little research. I'd love to hear your comments, whoever you are, especially if you're in the medical community. But even among people in the medical community, there seems to be a disagreement about 
what is actually happening. And, uh, and it seems like a lot of the claims, just from what I've seen here doing a little bit of scant research, seems like a lot of the claims that it's preventative uh, rest on that third possibility from the Plan B website uh, still not counting as conception or a pregnancy that it prevents a fertilized egg from attaching the uterus. So it really all comes down to when do you think conception happens? When the sperm unites with an egg or when the sperm unites with the egg and then attaches to the wall of the uterus? It seems like that's what we're looking at, but we're not medical professionals. So um, there you go. Um, the Okay. Jeremiah, okay, here's where she gets to the Bible. Yes. Jeremiah 1 5, and I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 1 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet in the nations. And then Psalm 139 13, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Okay, now on this, I appreciated about her that she says um, that you got to pay attention to genre. Mm-hmm. Well, any hermeneutics class will teach you that. So I'm right. impressed that this young lady is saying that mm-hmm. and, and and pointing that out. And then number two, she also says this. And I think it's great. She's like, don't you think that Jeremiah would be really upset that people just cherry pick verses from his book instead of reading the book? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, amen, sister. Read the whole thing. I'm with you. All right? And then she says, these are poetic, and you shouldn't create some huge worldview out of it. Okay, well, okay, but hold on a second. The Psalms thing is poetic. Mm-hmm. The Jeremiah thing is prophetic. Mm-hmm. And... And then she says, and plus, this is because Jeremiah was a prophet. I'm not a prophet. You're not a prophet. Therefore, so human, this doesn't apply. It, this only applies to, yeah, to fetuses that are going right, to be prophets. You're, you're more human <laughs> in the womb if you're a prophet. Yeah, well, John the Baptist was more human in the womb than anyone else. Right. Yeah, I don't think God works that way. It doesn't work like that. No. Yeah. They, um, they, Jeremiah, except for Jesus, Jeremiah came about the same way in the womb as everyone else. Well, I can fix it. Yeah. Let's let's do what you say. Let's embrace her her mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're right. You had two Bible you're verses there. No, but let's say you're absolutely right about you have to be a prophet. So since you don't know which, what, <laughs> unless you're a cessationist, right. since you don't know which children are going to be prophets, it's always wrong. Right. Because <laughs> you'll be in, you'll in, invariably you'll end up aborting a prophet. Right. So let's even but but even if it's poetic, there's still a truth behind it. Now I'm willing to grant that Psalms is poetic, right? Yeah. Right. Sure. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Right. And she said, now I don't want to take away from the beauty of this. Well, then don't take away from the beauty of right. it. Right. Because part of the beauty of it is it means something. Right. That it's is still, meaningful. It still has a meaning. It means that, you know, God gives us life in the womb. And so also, Luke is a physician. And when Luke referred to uh, John the Baptist leaping in the womb, he used mm-hmm. the Greek word, repos, baby. Mm-hmm. When it Luke is narrating about how they will find baby Jesus in a feeding trough. What was the baby wrapped up in a blanket in the feeding trough? What was the word he used? Repos, baby. Baby in the womb, baby out of the womb. He's a doctor. Mic drop. Yeah, and don't you think know? that they didn't know about abortion back then. They right. knew about abortion back then. Right. So and that's it's in the not Bible like too. this is not something they thought about. That's not poetic. Luke is not being po- poetic right. at all. That's right. He's, it's historiography. It's not Greco-Roman biography, Dr. Lycona. It's... <laughs> I have to throw that He won't see this. Yeah, I, well, we got into... I, I take Witherington instead of... He goes with, like, Richard Burridge, but I'm like, no. I, I agree that some Gospels are Greco-Roman biography, 
If it Luke, matters, Luke the majority of don't care. New it's not even scholars yeah. say it's Greco-Roman biography. What do they know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, the I mean, majority I'm, of New Testament I, scholars say Jesus didn't raise from the dead either. So <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know that that's Witherington's true. right. All right, let's let's go on. Okay, Exodus twenty. Now here's here's the one where she's trying, and she kind of waffled on this. Yeah. But I liked what she did because she tried to show you both sides of this debated issue. Right. Which means she did do her research on this. More than we did on, on the Plan B thing. <laughs> yeah. But Exodus 21, 22 through 25, and I have this from a class I teach on issues in the, in the modern church or whatever it is, Christian issues, whatever. Uh, I cover all these abortion. Because there are pro-choice Christians who use Bible verses to try and support the idea that you should be pro-choice. I, I want our... Audience to know something before you get there, though. Okay. Sometimes classes have more than one name, so he's not confused about what he teaches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Or they change their name over the years. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, here it is. Exodus 21, 22 through 25 in the, in, a, in the New American Standard. And if men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she has a miscarriage... Yet there is no further injury. He shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him. And he shall pay as the judges decide. But if there is any further inquiry, when you shall appoint, uh, then you shall appoint as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. This is the standard of justice in the Old Testament, a one-to-one ratio of justice. Now, pro-choicers will use this translation of this verse because what it's saying is... If the if if the woman if the baby is miscarried but the woman isn't too bad hurt, then what? What are you laughing at? Keep going. Did I say something wrong? No. Okay. And the woman isn't too bad hurt, then uh, the guy has to pay whatever the husband says. But if the woman gets killed, is that what it's like? Or the woman gets further injury, then you then it's eye for eye justice, right? Okay. That sounds like, and this is the reason I use this, it sounds like what it's saying is that the woman's life is equally valuable to any other person's life, mm-hmm. his life, the attacker's life, even though he's a man, right? But the baby that's been miscarried is not. He right. just have to pay whatever the husband right. says. Now, here's the problem with this. I understand why the translators would put miscarriage here because it sounds like when you're reading in context... Somebody gets there's a and somebody gets hit in the stomach and the baby okay that that must be miscarriage right but the word that is translated here doesn't necessarily mis, mean miscarriage there's a semantic range that allows for other translations so let's give a rundown the KJV is the most literal and the ESV and the KJV says so that her fruit depart from her mm-hmm. so in other words this child comes out mm-hmm. what does that mean. Don't know. In KJV, the New King James says, if men fight and hurt a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely. Okay, is giving birth prematurely the same thing as a miscarriage? No, no it is not. But what, what she's trying to show with the favoritism or, or, or what the term miscarriage favors is, well, that's a natural result of, of this, so it's not bad. Is that what she's getting at? No, she's saying if the baby dies... But the woman is okay. It's the, you just got to pay whatever the husband says. Right, so the baby's not as worth as much. Not as, as worth as much as the okay. woman. So what's the quibble about whether it's miscarriage? Because if or... it's miscarriage, then that means that, 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 that means that the baby's life isn't as valuable. But if the baby is born prematurely but doesn't die, then to say that the guy's got to pay whatever the husband says is reasonable. 
Right. Got you know? Okay. okay. So so here's the thing. The KJV says, so that her fruit depart from her. The NKJV says, so that she gives birth prematurely. Totally different from what the NASB says, which is miscarriage. So the, the KJV takes a non-biased position. The NASB says miscarriage, and the New King James says prematurely, and the NIV says premature birth. Okay, the word for miscarriage is yatsa, and literally means to come out. It's all. Mm-hmm. It's a, to come out. Hence, the reading of the KJV and the ESV translations. Contextually, the meaning is usually in relation to a live birth, okay? Mm. A live premature birth or just a birth coming out, right? As in Genesis 25, 25, the first came out red, all of him like a hairy robe, and they called his name Esau. Now, if Moses wanted to convey the idea of a miscarriage, there seems to be a better word at his disposal. Moses uses another word for miscarriage just two chapters later. None shall lose her young by miscarriages or be barren in your land, Exodus 23, 26. And the word used here is shakol and is often translated as miscarriage in modern translations. In other words, there's an unambiguous word for miscarriages that was not used by Moses. He used a word that... That he has used elsewhere. That he uses elsewhere for live births. Right. So we know that it's not just a normal live birth because the context is giving us she gets hit and and the baby... So what's the most natural explanation then? A premature birth. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And that makes... And that's not me trying to do gymnastics to get around this. That makes sense. Right. Of how language in is context, used in that time. Yeah. yeah, in context. So not only is semantic rage favorite, but the context itself of of the violence. Yeah. So she admits that there are different translations, but yeah. she didn't go into what I just went into. Word and study. I, I think that that, yeah, and I think that, that that works out. Okay, so that's pretty well the end of that little deal, um, why I'm a pro-choice Christian. And what I have heard is no reasonable argument for why you should be a pro-choice Christian. So let's run them down again. Pregnancy feels violating. There is no paid maternity leave, and many women are in poverty. Making abortion illegal will not end abortion. It just makes it sketchy. So it's okay to kill people? The Catholic belief system is trying to be forced onto other Americans. So? Pretty much everyone believes that abortion should be legal when it comes to rape slash incest. So? Some other countries allow it if the mom is dying. So? We didn't talk about that. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5, Psalm 139, we talked about that. Uh, Exodus 21, we talked about that. So... Yeah, I don't okay, see so any good... Okay, so the mother's life is in danger. We could talk about that who's, to close who's, off. Whose who's life trumps whose? Right. That's a tough one, and we agree. That I know you and I agree on because we mm-hmm. talked about it today. That is a tough situation. And I, I know of some analogies f- for that, but they could be more insensitive than I'm willing to be on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just say that that's tough. Well, I mean, there's three options. You know, one lives and one doesn't. Both live or both don't. You know, so it still comes down to if it's the life of the mother, um, you know, you can either let the mother decide or if it was my wife, I would probably decide that we try again later. I'm happy to say that I'm not qualified to answer that question. I'm not sure I can answer Most times when the mother's life is in danger, they don't know it until she dies. Right, and a lot of times that they say that, I believe they think that, but yeah. it's not necessarily the case. But again, here's the... But what was the impetus for you 2 coming out in the Ireland repeal of that yeah. referendum is that that's what happened. A woman died who didn't, according to the news outlets, didn't have to die. 
but if because they knew well in advance that she would die if she had the baby, right, right. she couldn't have an abortion. So, yeah. So here's here's the thing though. Here's why I don't like this rape and incest in mother's life and business thing. Just because if you believe that it's murder, okay, just because there are these tough calls and. I think only two of those are tough calls. Yeah. Because consensual incest is not rape, so that's just, you're being gross. Uh, you know, but that's it. So you only have, you only have mother's life in danger and rape. We don't count incest. Get that, you don't... That's well, you know, part of the thing with incest, though, yeah. is that child could, could be, be born deformed with de- birth what, what, defects. What? But guess what? We think that God loves children that are born that, with birth that's defects. That's right. My, my son, Noah, uh, was in a NICU unit for six weeks, you know, Mm-hmm. So what? So it was hard when he was younger. Sometimes we still have some things that we deal with now. Mm-hmm. He knows that now. He's 15. He, he understands he's not like everyone else. He's glad to be alive, and I'm glad that he's alive too. So what? So what if you have a special needs kid? You know, that we should abort all possible uh, special needs kids or some, or that it should be your choice is disgusting. Yeah. So leave that out. Rape and instances of rape and, and mother's life in danger, that, that is such a minuscule one. You don't take these and no, use that to normalize 98% of all abortions. Because it's okay, potentially some people think it's okay to, to murder a baby in these two cases, that you can murder all babies and then you have millions aborted. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. So first, first let's, let's all get to the table where science is. The one thing science gets, or one of the few things science gets right. Why do you always knock science? Because they, that's why you they can't play even, right they, into they the atheist they hands. They can't even tell. I'll break it on. We'll talk about the history of science's failure. You can't even you can't even clarify whether or not that that pill prevents a conception <laughs> or whatever. So we're back to that, right? So so look, you can't even tell us if violinists are human. <laughs> <laughs> so so look, let's all get on board with the fact that abortion does murder humans okay and let's make that illegal because it's bad to murder legalize so barbaric murder. it's so barbaric right and then we can talk about these two almost you know almost not even registering compared to all the other abortions of convenience that let's deal with that first and then we'll talk about this i don't even care you know what i agree that rape and mother's life in danger is a red herring to not talk about the fact that you're murdering babies for no reason. I think you're right. Ninety-eight percent of things. So I don't even care. Not even worth talking about. We'll get to that after we saw. After we stop the murder of the other ninety-eight percent. Period. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. We'll get I, to that. We'll get to that other thing later. But, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something uncool. Okay. I think uh, that. I think this is one of the most bigoted, um, backwoods, unenlightened. Things, and, and the weirdest thing about it is that we're saying about it that it's the enlightened thing. That it's, we're in a culture now where we know that this is okay. It blows my mind. Right. It blows my mind. Do you agree with me that it's bigoted? Yeah. And all that stuff that I just said? Well, abortion? Yeah. Absolutely. Look. <laughs> well, It's Trinity Radio Season 7, Episode 2, where yeah. we talked about the sled now, now, look. I mean, as far as the bigoted thing goes... Um, that's bigoted towards women in a lot. Think beyond America. Think beyond, oh, I got pregnant. And I don't want to deal with this baby, and nobody's going to give me paid maternity leave, so I'm going to go kill it. Forget, forget that. You know, I know even pro-choice people who struggle with the fact that, yeah, in other countries like China, their murder, it becomes murdering women. 
And if they find out it's a girl, it's gender-targeted murder in their abortions. Mm-hmm. Of course it's bigoted. It's bigoted towards women. Of course it is. Um, of course I agree. Thank you. Eric Hernandez, a friend of ours, had a debate recently, and in addition to quoting from me, as I said, he said this thing that he made up that I thought was great. Yeah. He, he's talking to this woman who's a lawyer, who's uh, a, a pro-choice lawyer, and he says to her, he's like, all right, uh, so you think that someone should be able to have an abortion for any reason? And she's like, yep. And he's like, okay, what if they're able to determine in a few years' time, they're now able to determine whether or not this is, child is going to be gay. Um, and they decide they want to abort this child because it's gay, because they don't want a gay child. What do you think about that? Should they be allowed to do that? And she starts stammering and hemming and hawing, and she's like, well, I mean, I'm not, I mean, that doesn't even exist. He's like, okay, you're right, it doesn't exist. Let's imagine that it doesn't exist, but the woman is told that. Should she still be able to abort it mm-hmm. because she thinks it's gay? Well, I don't, and she couldn't bring herself to say it. Because these are the two, this is the, you know, the person who is pro-gay rights cannot bring themselves to say, but you should be able to abort it if you just don't want it, right? right. That is, that, we don't want gay people good. to exist, so abort those gay yeah, people. You can't right. say that. You can't, yeah. And what is that? Is it in, is a worldview inconsistency. Yeah. And you can drive a truck through that hole. And then she asked him, and I thought she had a pretty yeah. good one. She says, okay, well, what about this? What if you're in an abortion clinic? You think life begins at conception? Yes. Okay, what if you're in a, a, a fertility clinic and there's a baby on the table, a real live baby born, you know, out of the womb, mm-hmm. and then there's a thing in the other room with a hundred vials of fertilized eggs, and it's on the building is on fire, and you've only you're only able to save either the baby or some of the, as many of the things as you what are you gonna do? And he and he said exactly what I hoped he would say. He's like, What's it matter what I would do? What matters is what the truth is. Right. Whether those are baby or not. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. It's irrelevant. It's like William Lane Craig said that one time. What if you, this or that? Who cares about me? It doesn't matter what I would do. I might do the wrong thing. Right. The question is, what is the truth about reality? Right. And the truth about reality is that at the point of conception, a human life exists and to abort it is to murder. So you can come and study these things because, again, don't tell us we're being political. This is not... A political issue. And don't tell this us that our opinions don't matter because that has we're been men. politicized. Yeah. And don't tell us our opinions don't matter because we're men. Wrong. This is how reality works. There are issues, and we use reason and logic, and they they're applicable to things. We can discuss things without having to be a certain gender. Truth doesn't become more truth if I'm a woman. Right. All right. So, uh, but uh, all sympathy and my heart goes out to you. And listen, if you're out there and you are uh, a pro-choice Christian, stop. Stop it. If Quit you it right now. Had an abortion. If you had an abortion, God forgives that. Amen. That's right. Big time. And guess what? Church people don't judge you for what you did. Man, this is a long episode. They judge you for what you're going. Yeah, but it's a sensitive one. Uh, they, they. I will judge the action of what you would do with the information, but that you got bad information or that you were not a Christian before and you you repented and believed the gospel for all your sins, including that one. Nobody judges you. Everyone's, everyone's got that stuff, got bad stuff. To the girl who made the video, I like you. I think you're a wonderful person. I don't doubt that you're a Christian. I don't know, but I don't doubt it. But, and I think, you're a, I think you're a clear thinker on some of these things. But I would just encourage you to research this further and realize that we're not talking about a fun issue to have opinions about. Yeah, you We're might, talking about yeah. life and death. I don't think you're a clear thinker on this at all. I think that you're woefully inconsistent and you have bad arguments. 
But he thinks. But I do like you. No, too. I think there's something she you're, said. You're a nice that are, person. I think she brought out some things that I think are good for us to say about this. I think she was thoughtful. Yeah. I think she's had the wrong thoughts. I don't think that she's, you know. Can you just let me try to be nice to a person? Don't tell people it's okay to murder babies. Amen. I can agree with that. Now, if you'd like to come learn how to tell people what we just told them, and better than we just told them, <laughs> you can come to trinitysem.edu, trinitysem.edu, and uh, talk to us about courses at Trinity. We'd love to have you. We have a class where we talk about this in a lot more detail, and we don't just talk about abortion. When we talk about uh, the sacredness of human life, we talk about uh, capital punishment. We talk about the dying, the aged and dying. We talk about all these issues and war, and you you need to come. It's fun, man. It's fun to talk about these things. It's it's exciting. Um, And you can disagree with the professor. It's fine. I love it. I love to talk. I mean, I don't really love it when people disagree with me, but I enjoy (laughs) talking about differences. So do that. And also, while you're on your way over to trinitysim.edu, go ahead and and, uh, uh, whip out your phone and subscribe to the channels uh, of the other Trinity Commission folks like Leighton Flowers at Soteriology 101 and Billy Wendelin and Matt. Uh, Chisholm at the Bible Brodown and Steve Gregg at the Narrow Path, all people connected in some way or other to Trinity. And they're a part of a group called the Trinity Commission. Come see us at the Trinity Radio Primetime Discussion Facebook group and go to the Trinity Commission Facebook group and like us on Trinity Radio and leave us comments in the iTunes feed for this podcast. And if if you don't do anything else, subscribe to the YouTube channel, even if you're an audio listener, at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. I'm working on trying to change the URL. Don't get upset. And, and we have not reached our Patreon goal, so if you would like to become a Patreon, please do so. We're not get, trying to get rich off this. We're using the money to make things better. Maybe you notice that some things are better. Maybe you haven't yet, but we're still working on it, and we can't do it without you. And we very much appreciate those who contribute to our... We do, really do. And you can get that at patreon.com slash trinityradio. Patreon.com slash trinityradio. Or maybe up here around where L. Ron Hubbard is in this (laughs) this little frame up here. You click up there somewhere and and it'll take you there. Um, But that's it for today. Until next time on Trinity Radio.